With the world being crazier than ever, it's pretty easy to lose control of your health. This podcast is designed to help you take back control of your health through fitness and nutrition. Welcome to the Live Ready Fitness Podcast. In this episode, we talked to Dr. Wilmer Melendez, who's a sports chiropractor that I actually used to work with up at NextRep CrossFit when I still had that location. What can I say about Doc Will? He is somebody who I respect so much because he cares so much about his clients and he cares so much about the fitness industry and wants to see it grow. So he takes so much time out of his day to help coaches like myself and help coaches in other gyms to really hone their craft and learn more and more and grow more and more as as coaches and as athletes. So today we're talking to him about rehab, prehab, and how he goes about treating his clients and how you rehab an injury, what causes an injury, um, and should you be working out when an injury is going on. So if you're dealing with an injury, which you know, when you work out, it's it's kind of an inevitability that you'll have some tweak or something that, that goes wrong. Um, this is really the episode that you wanna pay attention to. It's gonna give you tons and tons of information and insight to what sports chiropractor practice do to what physical therapists do and to what coaches do. Um, so give it a listen. If you love it, share it with, share it with somebody who needs it. And uh, we really, really hope you enjoy listening to this as much as I enjoyed uh, recording it. All right, Live Ready Fitness Podcast listeners, we are here with Dr. Will. Uh, he is a sports chiropractor, and he's going to be talking to us today a little bit about rehab, injury, prehab, uh, some training and recovery things. Um, so we're very, very excited to have you on the show, um, Dr. Will. Uh, but if you could, man, tell everybody, tell everybody a little bit about your background and what kind of schooling you go to and the differences between, um, you know, the difference between a sports chiropractor and a regular chiropractor. Hey, Elliot, thanks for having me. So a chiropractor and a sports chiropractor uh, go through similar schooling as a base work, as a framework. Uh, the difference pretty much is what specialties we kind of like delve deeper once we graduate or we kind of strive towards when we're in school. Uh, for example, I went through a master's of sports biomechanic, pretty much a master's in science, and that allowed me to be board certified as a sports chiropractor through the board, like board of chiropractic sports practitioners. That is pretty much the difference between both of them. Um, from a certification standpoint, from a practicing standpoint, we pretty much do a lot of like soft tissue work, a lot of rehab, a lot of like movement and functional movement approach to therapy, uh, which is pretty much different than your traditional chiropractor where you go and you get adjusted for a wellness, wellness lifestyle. Um, and it's a pretty much different approach. Uh, usually we get people that are injured and we work with them through therapies and through like a lot of habit changes and with other people in their lives in order to get them back to either their game or their normal lifestyle or whatever it is, whatever activity there it is that they want to do. So pretty much what we do. Right. So you guys are, are almost like a mix of a traditional chiropractor and a physical therapist. Correct. Yeah, you can call it call us that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, so when somebody comes in, in in to see you, 
you said they usually come in with, with injuries. Uh, what, what kind of injuries do you guys see? And like, when, when do people generally, is it, when is it time to come see you? So it's time to come see us whenever the, you know, the pain is enough that it takes you away from doing what you love or what you're supposed to be doing. Um, if we case the, if we take the example of a general weightlifter, right? If they blow their backs doing deadlifts or they, unfortunately, their back goes out during any activity during the day and they cannot do that exercise without pain and without safety and without modifying and without putting themselves in further danger, that's when they come see us in order for us to kind of deal in reducing that pain, restoring the function and allowing them to go back to do whatever it is they need to do in the weight room. Gotcha. Um, so when they come see you, what's kind of your, what's the first step to, to seeing what, what it is that you guys need to do as far as the treatment that, that, that you guys give to um, your clients? So the first thing we do is we do a functional assessment. At least uh, every sports chiropractor is a little bit different in how they approach things. Some are more orthopedic in nature, which means they just do more traditional orthopedic testing and they say like, oh, you have this specific injury, this is, and then they follow like a specific protocol for it. Uh, the way some of my colleagues and myself handle things, yeah, we do the orthopedic diagnosing to know exactly what we're dealing with, but we also do a functional assessment where we take the person through a battery of movements that pretty much mimic normal life, like squatting and hinging and all these things, as well as we add a little bit more to it according to what they do as a sport or as a profession or during their daily lives in order to understand better how we can rehab them to do those tasks again. We don't le like just leave it in the orthopedic realm where we just say, oh, you have plantar fascia, we're just going to ice it and, you know, hear some pills, take them and just wait six weeks until you can run again and, you know, pray that it's better. So our, us is more like, okay, so you have plantar fascia, you're a runner. How can I, one, get you back to running and also keep you as active as possible so you don't lose your, you know, your cardiovascular strength and endurance and so you don't lose as much muscle mass and your body's not deconditioned in order for you to return to activities as fast and as in good shape as possible. I love that. I love that. So, so basically what you're saying is opposite of what, you know, we normally see, I know I, I see as a, as a coach is somebody gets an injury injury. Generally they go and they see a doctor and right. the doctor will, will say, you know, we'll check them. We'll, we'll, you know, maybe look at the thing and basically, and, and nothing against doctors, obviously they, they see a ton of patients and they, uh, they're going to treat symptoms, but they're going to tell you, Hey, if running is causing this, stop running. Here's some like anti-inflammatory where, Correct. where you guys are saying, um, okay, let's see what caused this. Let's see where your, your actual threshold is and what you can still do while trying to make this better. Of course. Yeah. Because in the end of the, at the end of the day, you want to one, make sure they're still happy doing stuff and they're still retaining as much of what they already worked towards during the rehab process. Because the rehab process, in my opinion, should be you rehabilitating them to where they were or better. 
right? So if we take that as the end goal, then we want to make sure we get there as fast as possible. And the only way you get there as fast as possible is by not losing as much of what you already have. Um, in a traditional sense, when you go to a normal doctor, uh, most of them, they tell you, yeah, lay off of your foot or whatever if this plantar fascia, right? That's not in, in entirely a bad suggestion because you do have to rest it somehow, but it's incomplete information. Uh, in my opinion, you should be doing, okay, so yeah, lay off of the foot, but you know, you can put a boot and maybe do the bike or do a rower or do other things that will help you maintain that cardiovascular strength and maybe do some upper body work and some core work in order to maintain other muscles and other structures in the best integrity possible. Because just because you have one limb injured doesn't mean you don't have like three other ones that are healthy and that they do need the stimulus, you know, to keep going and to remain healthy. So right. that's how I kind of see things Absolutely. when it comes to rehab. Right. And, and so when someone comes to see you um, to, to, get, to get rehab, um, it, does, do the sessions look the same whether somebody is like a beginner uh, or if someone's like an advanced athlete? Are they going to start at the same point or are they starting at different points? So they all start where, where they're at. So if I get a beginner and let's say this big, let's, let's compare like two different parties or someone that just recently started powerlifting that wants to start and unfortunately got injured during, I don't know, something, lifting something in his house. And then I have a, an advanced power lifter who, you know, has gone to meets and has been, is very proficient with all three lifts and has, knows how to train, has a good program. Uh, if we compare those two, chances are that the beginner is not going to have the same movement capabilities as the advanced person has. So, no, I do not start them in the same place. I do start them using a similar metric which is, you know, let me see you squat, let me see you hinge, let me see you do all these movements. And then based off of that, I start them at different levels according to their proficiency. So if someone doesn't know how to squat, then my first step is to, one, work with their trainers and myself to establish a blueprint or a program to get them to where they need to be before they start doing other things while at the same time rehab, rehabbing it. Because in my opinion, rehab and training is the same thing. It's just different loads or different volume or different intensity or different kind of movements, but you still do the same things in rehab that you do in normal training. It's just a different intensity of it. So no, I don't start them at different, I, I don't do the same thing with both of them. Um, the interventions are according to their level, if you will. Yeah. I love that. I love, I love how you said, you know, base, you know, basically you're saying is that your, the rehab is, essentially exercise it's the same the same thing that you would do to get somebody you know a heavier squat uh might be the same kind of thing that you're using to rehab them depending on the injury that they have you know or if they have a weakness in certain things it's just starting at a lower level correct there's also a, another good example and one of my friends uh talking with them about this uh said it said it very well he says you know rehab is no different than learning to do a sport so let's say I'm, I'm going to rehab someone that does CrossFit, right? There's a very variety of movements involved in the sport. If someone gets injured, they're going to have to relearn how to do a lot of the movements while taking care of the injury. But that, that's not, not different than someone that starts CrossFit and doesn't know how to do the movements 
either way. You have to teach them and take them to different loads and to different modifications in order to get them to do a squat or a front squat and then eventually other, other movements are involved in the sport, right? So that's why, like, in my, like again, like rehab is kind of like the same as training. It's really like the difference is the modifications you have to do in order to protect the person and allow them to heal better. Right. Love it. I love that. I think that's, that's, that's such a great way to think about rehab. And I think, I think a lot of people uh, have that misconception of I need, you know, I need to rest it or only doing my, you know, my rehab sessions. I can't do anything else in, in the fear that, that they're going to injure or they think, you know, it's something completely different or special when, when you're out, like you said, it's just kind of starting at a, at a different level. So um, that's, that was a really great way to, to think about that. Um, so what do you, what kind of, um, what generally causes injury when you're talking about, you know, working out, what's, what's kind of the thing that you see the most? Is it, is it kind of a freak accident thing where, you know, somebody might just, you know, pull something or is it normally from overuse or a lot of volume? You know, what kind of things do you normally see? So a lot of the injuries that I tend to see are overuse injuries or injuries that are caused by someone doing a movement that that person is still not ready to perform at the capacity he or she did it. So for example, like someone that doesn't have a proper squat or, you know, an acceptable squat, there's like different parameters, but I think as long as you're able to go below parallel with decent form without your spine bending or breaking, you know, you, and without you losing balance in any of your legs, and you should be fine to start squatting with weight. A lot of people don't have that flexibility or that mobility. And then they start on top of that, adding a lot of weight. So they, what happens is they do half reps or they do in, an insane amount of volume. And then they injure themselves because their tissues are not capable of withstanding this injury. So yeah, you can call most of them are overuse injuries and you know, that's pretty, pretty easy to solve. It only takes like good coaching and good progressions. And obviously, you know, people kind of like listening to what their coaches are saying and listening and trusting the process and not trying to get ahead of things. Yeah. Um, so, so how do you, how do you think you could prevent somebody from getting injured or dealing with an overuse injury? So the first step should be to, first of all, you need to understand what your current capabilities are. Um, and that is done through testing, obviously, and testing, testing different movements, different uh, mobility patterns, different strength parameters. Uh, that is going to set your baseline for, okay, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm currently capable to do. And then obviously getting a, someone that can guide you in that journey, someone that can you know, program efficiently for you and program according to those parameters and not only build upon those parameters, but also expand them through a very systematic way of doing it, you know? Gotcha. Um, too many times we get people, like especially when New Year's is coming, you know, or when summer is approaching, a lot of people start getting into these freak uh, programs that they just do you know, a lot of intense work, a lot of like crash dieting and all these things. And, you know, that's a perfect storm for injury because most people just go too fast too soon. 
and then their body's going to handle it. Your body will handle it for, for a certain amount of time, and then all of a sudden it, it breaks. It will tell you to stop. Um, and that's pretty much where, where I see the majority of my patients is where they kind of like go a little bit overboard with or without knowing, and then inevitably, you know, result in an injury for them. Right. So kind of, you know, from, from, the, from the coaching side of the house, you know, we, we obviously, we, we see a lot of very similar athletes and injuries and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but just to run through what you said there is, you know, you said you need to go to the gym and figure out what your capabilities are. And one of the things that we do is we always do, and, you know, we do an assessment to make, to say, okay, you know, we can go, uh, one of the examples that we do is, you know, we do an assessment just to see, Hey, can somebody touch the ground with their legs locked to make sure that, you know, if they do deadlifts, they actually have the range of motion to be able to do that. And if they don't, then until they can do that, we don't allow them to actually do full deadlifts. Um, and so I love that you said that, that you were like, you know, you should know your capability because I, I think you're right. I think a lot of times, uh, whether it's, you know, a regular gym where you're doing isolated stuff, or if you walk into a functional fitness gym, you know, both of those, uh, I think push people to, they, they walk into a regular gym, you know, maybe they worked out prior and they think, oh, I can still, you know, bench press 225. I can still back squat this weight, even though I haven't, I haven't touched it in a year. Or they have that feeling of like, man, I just want to get really ridiculously sore. Cause I feel like that's, what's going to, you know, make me stronger. Um, or if they go into functional fitness gym, they see all of these people kind of crushing weight and they get that, you know, that pride that, well, that pride, the ego takes over and they feel like they need to go really heavy. Um, and so what you're saying is that, that we really need to focus on, can they move weight or can they do these movements with correct form? You know, what, what weight are they able to do this safely and correctly? And then basically do a linear progression. So build up upon uh, what they found out in that assessment. Right. And that's key. That is key. And that's the same as rehab. You know, when we do rehab is the same, the same blueprint. We do an assessment. Okay. Let's see what you can actually do, what you can't do. And how can I progress you to do what I need you to do to get you back to that baseline that you were and then develop a strategy for it. That is exactly the same things. It just uses a little, little changes here and there. Right. I love that. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I want to hit it on the head a little bit harder, the fact that um, I, I think so many people, you know, they, let's say they're doing a snatch or even like a, you know, uh, a, let's say they're doing bicep curls in, in a regular gym. Uh, and a lot of the times, and I'm sure you get this when people come with, come to injuries, uh, come to us with injuries, they're like, man, I don't know what did it. I think it was that last snatch or it was that last bicep curl. And then, you know, boom, my shoulder popped or, or my bicep, you know, tore or whatever the case is. And they think it's because of that last rep. And so what you're saying is no, it was the accumulation of volume that you did that you weren't necessarily ready for. And then that's going to take its toll um, coupled with, you know, if you are not eating the correct amount uh, or the right, right types of foods, you're asking for that injury. Correct. It's, it's, it's the same analogy of a drop of water hitting the rock in the same spot consistently over time. Mm-hmm. 
you know, eventually that drop of water, those drop of waters in that same spot are going to shape the rock. Love it. And then eventually it just breaks. Right. It can be, you know, years from now, but it will. Uh, in the case of training, yeah, like it's never the last rep. The last rep is the last drop that just happened to, to fall there. But yeah, like it's the accumulation of things. It's the consistent micro trauma that your tissues and structures go while you're training and during normal life as well. You know, like some people, like one of the biggest things we see in the office is low back pain, uh, specifically from maybe deadlifting or maybe snatching or whatever movement that kind of uses that area. Um, and a lot of people go, go immediately and say like, oh, you shouldn't deadlift then. No, but you know, like most of the people that come to the office are actually injured in normal household activities, either, you know, bending over to brush your teeth or picking something up from the floor or picking up their daughter or son from the floor. You know, I had a patient this week that extreme, like great power lifter, went to pick up his son and unfortunately his back gave up. And you would say like, oh, you lift, you know, 400 plus pounds and then you injured yourself with your kid. How, how ironic. No, you know, maybe it's the consistent loading of that tissue in an abnormal fashion that might have, you know, caused this. And when I talk with him and when I see the videos, yeah, he had a normal load. Like he, he did the technique slightly off. Incredibly strong person, you know, like was able to train and endure a lot of things but didn't have a proper coach or someone that can, you know, monitor him from the outside and actually pick up things that we ourselves cannot pick up when we train. And then that inevitably ends up in what it ended up in. Gotcha. So when you guys, uh, when you guys do rehab somebody and uh, they're feeling better, when, when do you give them the, the go ahead to kind of do things on their own? And then what, what do you tell them when they leave? Like, what's your advice to them when they leave from you? Because I know, uh, you know, when we work with uh, physical therapists here, which obviously I know you guys are different, but, but in that mm-hmm. sense, like a physical therapist, especially when it comes to somebody's insurance, like they, they're, they can only take them so far. You know, they, they, you know, whether it's like, okay, you could do a box step up now. That's as far as we can take you that your insurance will cover. So they give them the, the kind of bill of health. And then I think a lot of times people just, jump back into what they were doing. So what, what would you, you know, how do you advise your clients and, and uh, what would you like to see them do to continue the care? So that's a great question. Uh, I am lucky to have surrounded myself with a great community of coaches and in different areas. So I do, I practice jujitsu and I practice CrossFit uh, for the most part. I see mostly people from those areas and how I kind of approach them the, my patients that come from there is, hey, they come with pain and I divide my care into different sections. So the first, the first thing I need to do is, one, get them out of pain as fast as possible while still building functionality, right? Once we get them out of pain, that's where we start going, okay, so go to the gym. You're going to be doing these things. I can talk with the coaches and say like, hey, my strategy right now is to fix this abnormal pattern or fix this issue that is making him get injured and you know they along with they i can like establish a good program now for the people that come from other places that are not the gym and they don't have share the same coaches uh it's a little bit harder and trickier because you know what they want to do is they just want to get back at it as fast as possible but i tried during the whole 
care and treatment. I'm going to be like, hey, I can, I'm going to get you out of pain. We're both going to get, get you off of this strain. However, you need to understand that healing and adaptation occur on your end. You need to be the one checking yourself. You need to be the one getting good coaches. You need to be the one getting a good program, getting a good nutrition, because otherwise you're going to be here back with a similar problem a year, two years, three years from now. You know, too many times I hear a lot of people that sprain their ankle and they go like, yeah, that's my bad ankle. I always sprain this one. It shouldn't be that case. You should be able to rehab it to the point where it kind of becomes normal in that sense. But that can only happen when there's a shift in the mindset of the person mm -hmm. for them to kind of take it upon themselves to understand that they need to progress better back into where they were and then pass that. Right. So um, I love that. I love that you are working directly with coaches uh, and, and able to talk to the coaches and communicate so that, that they have the ability to make sure that they're also helping take control of your client and their client's health so that they can, they can continue to work out as best they can and they continue to do the, the thing that they love in, in the safest way possible, which is I think is is pretty rare as far as I know, you know, with, with coaches communicating with doctors and PTs and things like that. I think that's definitely the way it should be. And I love that, you know, when I was working with you a little bit more that we had that relationship, because I think that's, that's so incredibly important to make sure that people are uh, not getting re-injured or not living their life in, in constant pain. Correct. Yes. I love that. Um, so it, is there, do you think that there is any group age person that, that should not be working out? Like, is, is there, you know, if you had an, an 80 year old person, is there any time that you're going to be like, no, you will not work out period. No, I don't think, I think everybody should be as active as they can. Um, that being said, yeah, you're, you're going to modify according to who you're working with. Right. If you're working with a child, you're not going to have them squat weight as much as possible. Your focus is going to be making sure they can squat properly and, you know, they can, they learn how to move. They consistently relearn how they move as they grow up because as they grow up, their brain goes through changes and, you know, like it has to sort of kind of like recalibrate every time they go through a growth spurt and whatnot. Um, if you're working with people that are past grow their growing phase, then that's where you wanted to start like adding more weight. Like that generation between like the ages of 20 and 40, you want to make sure they're, you know, doing the job as normally as possible. Like they should, there shouldn't be too much restrictions given that the individual is healthy. Um, and as you know, for the elders, same thing, you want them to be as active as possible because the more active they are, the more, the better quality of life they're going to have from a physical standpoint, you know, uh, too many times we get people that are old and they go like, yeah, like I'm just too old to work out or too old to do X, X activity. I don't care. And then what you see in them is their quality of life starts like decreasing at a very accelerated pace versus, I mean, you can go to YouTube and find 80 year old, grandpa deadlifting almost 400 pounds or 300 pounds or whatever it is, you know, I don't think there's a limit of course, but I do think there's restrictions as you go up. Like you need to make sure 
they're able to do it. But that comes down again to the assessment, understanding your baseline and what your capabilities are and how much you can progress from there. Uh, so an example we have at our jiu-jitsu gym, uh, one of our athletes, she is above 80 years old and she is phenomenal. You know, she's still rolling with people. Of course, she has like, she doesn't go as hard as me or as, as hard as other people that are half her age can go. But, you know, she's still there doing physical activity. And the reason she does the physical activity is because she wants to be able to play with her grandson and be able to grow along his grandson and be active in, in his life. For me, that is a great goal to have. And she understands it and she has that driving factor. So she does whatever she can to remain active as much as, as she can. Right. I love that. I remember, I, I remember specifically when we, uh, when we used to work, work together. Um, I'll never forget because I still tell people that you say movement is life. You know, it's, it's the more... The more you're moving, the more you're exercising your joints, the more you're going to full range of motion, the, the easier it is to keep that, you know, and it's, it's, it's the, the less you do it, the body adapts to it. You know, it's one of the reasons why I know as a coach, when we have somebody who has, you know, who's starting a little bit later in life, maybe they're starting in their late thirties, or early forties, and they had a job where they were sitting all the time. They generally, it's really hard to squat below parallel. And, you know, you always have the whole, oh, squatting below parallel is, is bad for you kind of argument. But in reality, it's, it's the simple fact that the, that person hasn't used that range of motion. And so what we need to do is get the body to adapt again so that they're able to use that range of motion. But, but just like, you know, it, and I think it's great that we, you kind of keep going back to the fact that you have to start where you're ready to start. You know, whether you're 80 years old and you're starting you're going to start different than somebody who's 40 years old. You know, someone whose their goal is to play with their kids, their training is going to look a lot different than somebody who's trying to make the CrossFit games. You know, it's, it's the same type of training. It's just the volume and the, uh, the intensity might be different. But at the end of the day, you need, you need to move to be able to function correctly. Yeah, that's 100% true. I agree with that statement so much. Uh, I always tell my patients, your body is going to adapt for better or worse, no matter what. You know, so they come in, uh, let's say they have an overuse injury, right, where they use a limb or a structure wrong the, for a long period of time, and then they got normally loaded and then injured. Um, I tell them, and let's say, like, let's use an example for a runner, right? Uh, they have plantar fascia, we fix the problem, and by fixing, I mean the pain is gone, at least for walking and running. As soon as I finish, we finish that phase, we always talk about, hey, now that you're pain-free, doesn't mean that the problem that brought you here, the habits that brought you here to this, to this place are gone. Your body is going to adapt for better or worse. If you continue doing the bad habits, you're going to get re-injured or, or worse. But it's up to you to kind of force your body to adapt and fix the mechanics that kind of like threw you under the gutter yourself. Right. And then that's important because, you know, 
when you work with people from the CrossFit or Jiu-Jitsu communities, they tend to not want to take a rest or they don't want to be away from their communities because it means a lot for them. But in order to do that, you need to also drive home the fact like, okay, so you're going to go, but you need to understand that you need to kind of compromise these things in order to achieve greater lengths later. So yeah, you can't squat then. So, okay, you can still do other movements. You can still work towards the squat. You know, that can be modified into this. Or you can, uh, your, your back is not as flexible for when you're rolling with someone. Then, you know, like you want to keep going and training, that's fine, but you need to start adding maybe yoga or mobility sessions or something that increases your range so that you can actually be more effective when you practice. Right. And, and I love, I, I think that the, the notion that, you know, I think basically what you're insinuating to is that you can modify. And, and I think that's the other thing that, that I think people need to realize is modifications is, is a bandaid. You know, we're, we're modifying so that the end game is that you don't have to modify anymore. So you, you know, you modify for the time so that you don't injure the thing that you that you have. But like you said, you have to do some sort of mobility. You have to do some sort of work to, to, to get that range of motion or that movement back. So if you have somebody who, let's say that they, they did kind of injure themselves or they feel some sort of pain when they're squatting and, you know, so for the modification, they don't squat below parallel, but they may squat to a box above parallel, right? Just for the, just for the workout in the class or for that day, but they need to be doing something that's testing the limits or getting them to start squatting below parallel again instead of modifying for the rest of their life. Of course. Yeah, that's 100% true. Yeah, modification, the purpose of modifying is to keep other variables intact while you're working with the injury. So in the case you gave, like from the squat going to the box, the reason you do that is so they can, one, get a little bit of strength from that and get a little bit of cardio while doing it, depending on how the workout's structured. But at the same time, your point is very true. You need to also modify, you need to also work on the other variable, which is mobility, because arguably that is probably one of the most important things when it comes to doing, performing a movement is you able, you being able to go full range of motion in order for you to get the max amount of benefit from it. And if a person kind of uses the modification as a crush, then that's a problem because they're, they're going to keep increasing the other, the other factors, the other you know, attributes, but they're not going to be working on what's going to hold them back. And then that may lead to imbalances and injuries and compensations because your body's going to adapt to accommodate for what you're trying to do. Right. Regardless of what you're doing. So yeah, that's a very good point that you're making there. So when you say mobile, you know, when you say mobility, I noticed that you, you, you know, you keep referring to mobility. Um, what, what would you say, is the difference between mobility and flexibility. Because I know a lot of the times, I, I see so many people that come in, they've been dealing with shoulder pain for Lord knows how long, maybe three years, four years. And, and the constant thing that I hear, and I'm sure you hear it too, is, oh, when I stretch it, it feels better, right? Um, um, you know, do you, so, so what, you know, you haven't mentioned, you haven't really mentioned stretching at all. You've mentioned more of, you know, starting a thing and strengthening. So is that, would you say more important is that you do, do you see people that just need a good stress, uh, stretch session to fix an injury 
or does it always require um, some sort of strengthening? And then how does that play into the mobility? So let's define how I'm going to define what for me flexibility mobility is, which I think is very well accepted around. Uh, flexibility is the ability to extend or elongate a fiber of muscles or fi like structures in your body. So if you're doing a forward flex, can you touch your toes? That's a kind of a flexibility component to it because you're, you're really trying to test how, how much is my structure able to elongate, right? Versus mobility is the combination of, yes, how far are you able to go normally while static stretching? But in this case, you have to do it in a dynamic fashion. So it's not the same. Yeah, you can touch your toes, but if you're deadlifting, maybe you're not going to be able to reach the bar completely because your brain goes and halts and kind of creates tension in your body, right? So you want to make sure the person's flexible enough. You know, if I put someone under anesthesia, I can move their limbs. How far can I move their limbs without, you know, without it stopping me from moving it? That's pretty much how flexible you can be versus mobility is how, how much can you control that flexibility? How much are you able to tap into while doing a specific movement? Right. So when I work with people, I focus on mobility because that is, I mean, in very few cases, yeah, you want persons to be very flexible, like in gymnastics and cheerleading and other things, but that's because of the nature of their sports. They have to be flexible enough to withstand whatever force they're going to be putting their body through. But they also have to be mobile enough. Like they have to be able to move within that flexibility. Otherwise, it's just flexibility for the sake of being flexible, but it's not useful. It's not functional. Right. So, so that's how I kind of differ the two of them. Yeah. So I, I know in, that makes total sense. Um, and I know one of the ways that I, I think is a, I usually use a very visual way to explain mobility and flexibility. And I know obviously our, our listeners can't see us, but I always kind of use my finger as an example, you know, and if I push, if I push my finger as far as it can go, that would be me show, you know, if I push it back as far as it go, that's me showing the fingers flexibility. If I'm Correct. adding force to it and saying, okay, this is somebody else controlling how far uh, this finger can go back. Whereas if I let the finger go and I just try to move the finger myself, like just, you know, no other hand helping it, it goes, it, it's a significantly less range of motion. So the me pushing the finger would be flexibility and me just trying to push it back with no help would be mobility. So you focus more on mobility because that's the person's ability to move through the range of motion and, uh, um, and generally to fix that, that would, that would require more strengthening than actual stretching, correct? Correct, yeah. So stretching, let's say someone really does not have any flexibility at all in a given joint. Usually, you know, when you work with people that have shoulder problems, their lats or their traps are extremely tight. So they're not as flexible as a normal person should be. So with them, I do, you know, the therapies we do is to kind of increase that flexibility in that point. But then the rehab component focuses on the mobility and that can be a series of strength movements and loading patterns and loading different end ranges of motion in order for your body to adapt to that. You need to, we always want to stress the body 
to adapt and it has to be a significant stress and that can vary again depending on the person it's going to be a different thing one person's stress can be a deadlift of 80 pounds and a person can another person can be just a bar and a professional athlete might be like 300 pounds on the deadlift bar in order to stress them you know right so we need to like it's, it's a concept that i like to call end range loading so we kind of like go through your end ranges to see what you can do mobility and then we kind of want to strengthen the whole spectrum the whole like gamma of movement that you have so i don't want to just that's why modifications to just to kind of tell back to what we were talking before the reason you don't want to have a modified squat to a box all the time is because you're only going to be strong within that parameter and then after that you're not going to your body's not going to be able to generate much power outside those parameters so you always want to be focusing on strengthening the whole range of motion as much as possible so you that you're as functional as you can be yeah i love that that makes total makes total sense um you know we see it we definitely see it here coaching every day uh when when people are first starting with us versus when we start to put them through full range of motion and we see where that threshold is and you know within and generally i i would say it doesn't really take super long to see that adaptation happen where People, you know, if they're not squatting below parallel, they start squatting below parallel, or if they can't touch the toes, or we're doing the right things. And, and like you said, doing, uh, doing the end range loading. You know, I think a lot of times people are going into the gym and, you know, they're making love to the foam roller because they're, they're getting that, that myofascial release and they're, it feels better and it may lengthen the, the, the muscle for a little while. But the problem is, is they're not loading it. So they're not, they're not seeing a permanent change. They're seeing a very temporary change. Uh, and, and so that's why you have that 30-minute, 40-minute warm-up that they're having to do because of that. Right. And to that point, you know, like a lot of people, a lot of my patients come to me, and then they feel great after a session. They go like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to come here forever. And I'm like, no, your job right now is to yeah, you don't have as much pain. You've got this much more mobility now. Let's actually stress it and train a little bit in this, in this new parameter so that your brain and body can start adapting into something new and to kind of break that cycle of injury, you know? Mm-hmm. But of course, that, that doesn't mean, okay, go, go all out and train it. We will obviously define a plan for that person to kind of follow within safe parameters while at the same time accomplishing, you know, like, yeah, I feel good or whatever, but I want to make sure that this is my normal. I don't want to rely on foam rolling or on myself or my therapies in order to be able to be functional, you know, that's not the goal. Although at that moment, the goal is to kind of use that as a ways to kind of get you better. But it's always has to be followed, like you said, with an appropriate stress or like a training or something in order for your body to really adapt to something new. Right. Yeah. Make I, definitely something that we, we do at our gym. Uh, you know, whenever we are, we are training people and we're, uh, we do our assessment, we find mobility issues. We we're definitely making sure that they're putting some sort of load, uh, on there. And we, we've just seen s- such amazing results, uh, with people when, when we load them versus, you know, that, again, that, that constant of, I just need to stretch. I need to stretch. I need to stretch. And and again, not that it's saying, not that there's anything wrong with stretching or that you're not going to feel relief or some sort of relief from stretching, which is great at the moment. 
but but following it with load i think is is the key to success there for sure um so when you i know one of the other things that you do also um is is manual therapy and so is that kind of where that falls in it's like someone is in pain so you're trying to get rid of that pain but it needs to be followed up with the same the same thing that you basically just said of course yeah like so when people come to me my main goal if they come in with pain the main goal at the moment is to reduce their pain until it's gone or significantly reduced for them to do activity right but that is followed by again by establishing okay so the problem is really never the pain the pain is just like your brain telling you hey there's a, this is a check engine light and sometimes it will shut you down it will not let you move so what we want to do is make sure the person is as pain-free as possible in order for them to function again. But then we need to establish strategies in order for them to get to that functional point once more. That is like, I, I like to see like you, you're, you're a great coach. I know what your capabilities are. You are an extension of my treatment because you're going to spend time with the person training them and getting them in better physical shape. If I can get them out of pain and improve their range of motion through manual therapies, through passive therapies, so that you can actually go and establish your routine for them to actually get good adaptations, then that is the goal, right? That is what you want to do with a patient because it's not only takes away their pain, it's also making them better and more resilient. So that is pretty much what we do. Like I do a variety of different manual therapies, but they all have the same goal. How is this going to help me get this person moving faster and pain-free so that I can help them move better. That is always the question with manual therapy. I wouldn't do it unless it would, if it doesn't accomplish that, that particular goal, I wouldn't do it. Right. And so I know, I know it's the same way. It's the same way. I remember when I went to go see you, I was kind of, you know, when you hear chiropractor, you immediately think, think uh, adjustments. And I think it's the same with adjustments. The first couple of times I saw you, I didn't even get adjusted. It was, it was you just putting me again through range of motion and things like that. Um, um, because if you don't need to adjust, you won't. Right. So an adjustment it addresses, you know, the joints and uh, like that type of structures. Um, I have colleagues that will probably defer with me or like say otherwise, but from my perspective, from the way I, I treat and from the goals I try to achieve, if you, let's say your ankle, you twist your ankle, then yeah, I might manipulate that in order to address the joint itself. Or if you have like neck pain or low back pain, then yes, I'm going to do an adjustment to kind of address that factor. But if your problem lies in, oh, my biceps hurts from doing a lot of bicep curls, there might be an, a chance that, yeah, I might, I might need to check the, the elbow joint and the shoulder joint or even the neck or thoracic area. But chances are I'm going to focus more on the soft tissue aspect of it. So I remember when I was working with you, I think it was like an elbow injury. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, we treated it and we talked about different, different strategies that we can do, like some things that were probably going to be better. And at that time I was practicing Georgia and I couldn't dry needle. And I talked to you and I said like, Hey, I think you could really benefit from someone dry needling because it can get to different structures that I can not address right now as effectively with the, the current things I have in my arsenal. Right. Um, you know, but the, the end goal was the same. Like I, I remember talking with you, Hey, you're going to do the voodoo flossing, which is, you know, wrapping your joint around 
with the the, the plastic wrap mm-hmm. and then moving it through range of motion. But then I told you, okay, so we're going to have to focus on grip exercises and the extensor. So I gave you exercise for those things too. Right. Because at the end of the day, you want to make sure you use that new range of motion so that your brain remembers, hey, I need to keep this. Otherwise, it's just going to be a feel-good window for one or two days. And then it ends up going back to the same thing or it resolves, but you never gain back the functionality, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I, I know we're, we're, we're getting, getting down on time here and, and we, could, we could talk about this stuff all day. Um, yeah. But what, what uh, I guess, what advice do you have uh, for people that, that are, you know, that, that maybe are in pain and they don't know how to deal with it or they're, maybe they're worried about starting because they feel like they're going to get injured? What advice would you give them? The first advice I would give them is, you know, as any other athlete, you know, athletes at the top of their game have a team behind them, right? You know, they have a nutritionist, they have a strength coach, they have a sports-specific coach, they have a medical doctor, they have all these things, all these people that are all specialized in one specific thing but work together to make this particular person better. It's not different then any of this, this is not going to be different just because they're an athlete, like any normal person, any average person or whatever you want to call them will need a team like that. The first thing I will tell them is, Hey, go find a good coach that will listen to your goals and is, has similar values, understand your issues, evaluates, and then establishes a good, a good, program for you to kind of improve your foundation and improve your capabilities to meet your goals. And then find a healthcare provider that will also look at the body as a whole and kind of like give you advice that will be congruent with your, your lifestyle and your needs. Too many times we go to a doctor and, you know, for the most part, we consider doctors to be experts in every field, but in reality, they're experts in a particular part of the field. And even within, you know, sports practitioners, if I get someone that does volleyball or does, you know, hockey, I don't play those sports. So I don't, I have an understanding of how they work, but I don't really, I cannot really empathize. So when I get the crossfitters and the people that you used to and the people that run Spartan races, I can empathize more and I can understand what they go through. Therefore, I'm in a better position to help them. So finding a healthcare provider that kind of like is active and does similar things to what you do or has a very functional understanding of that is also key. But having someone that can coach you through a lot of things, because you're going to see a coach more than you see anybody else, is, I think, paramount right now. And what you're doing is great for that, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate that. I, I love that. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better. I think, I think having somebody who, who understands your goals and is willing to work with you uh, towards that is, is absolutely key. And, and you said it best. I mean, everyone, I think anything anyone has ever learned has learned from a coach, a teacher, uh, an exercise shouldn't be any different. And I think too many times people just think that it's, it's very simple. I'm just going to walk into the gym and, and, and follow, you know, what the machine says and, and hopefully that, that works out. But, but I think you're right. They need it. They need a team. They need experts. They need, they need guidance until you don't need as much guidance, but, but, you know, starting or getting injured, I, I think that's key. So, 
Um, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Um, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. I definitely uh, want to be be talking a lot more. I know you, you mentioned dry needling, and I was like, man, we can really go into that rabbit hole. I was like, I'm not going to go there yet. <laughs> um, but 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 I really appreciate your your insight. Um, how do uh, how do people get in contact with you? Do you want people to get in contact with you? Um, you know, what are you kind of doing now on your side of the house? Yeah, so people can get in contact with me by following me on Instagram. I think that's the best way. I'm the most active in there. Uh, my handle is sportsdocwill. Uh, yeah, if anyone wants to reach out and just, you know, talk about things or pick my brain about anything, they can reach out through there. Uh, just give me a follow and say, like, hey, I come, I listen to your podcast with Life Ready Fitness, and then, you know, I wanted to reach out about this specific topic. Um, my Instagram is... I post a lot of like professional things, obviously, but it's more personable. I only post things that I think come to heart, but there's a lot of good content in there. So feel free to reach out to me there. And then obviously you have my information and everything. So people that kind of like would like to pick my brain on things, you know, you always reach out to me and ask me about questions, whatever they may be. And I'm always available for you guys. So, yeah. And I appreciate that. I, I will say that of all the, uh, uh, I went, well, yeah, of all the doctors and PTs and chiropractors that, that I think I've worked with, uh, you're, you're definitely the most open to, to teaching, you know, other people, coaches, uh, that are working in any type of facility, whether it's functional fitness or, uh, like I said, jujitsu, you're, you're so open to teaching them and, and you really, you have such a passion for helping people. And, uh, I've always appreciated that because as coaches, you know, like you said, we're an extension of you guys. And if we're not learning from, from you guys, from chiropractors, PTs, and we're not continuing to elevate, then, I mean, all you're going to see is more injuries and, and maybe some chiropractors like that because more business for them. But, uh, but I don't, you know, you're definitely not that type of person. Like you said, your goal is for them not to have to see you all the time, you know? So, right. um, so I really, really appreciate that. And uh, um, again, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me, man. Always a pleasure. We should yeah. do a couple more about other things next time. Oh, we definitely will. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we hope you got tons of information about it. If you need more information, check us out at Live Ready Fitness on Facebook. You could also check out our Instagram at Live Ready Fitness, all one word. You can check out the Live Ready Podcast. That's also Instagram. And then if you want my personal page, that's Live Ready Coach. All of those are going to put out tons of content for you. And we're really, really trying to grow this podcast. So if you share it, like it, leave comments, tell us things that you want to hear. But we are here for you. We want to give you guys the best content we can and things that are relevant to what you're going through right now. Um, so enjoy your day. Remember, take back control of your lives and you need a little bit of help. Please feel free to reach out.